Davis is loaded one guard in the ninth. Stanix one one. He is thrilled on a line. Left field and gone. Adolis Garcia makes his statement. And the Rangers have their sights set on game seven. Well, it wasn't the train tracks, but it was special. Third straight game with a home run for Adolis Garcia. The Rangers have broken it open. They lead nine to two. Barring a Houston miracle, this series is going seven. So much is always made about home field advantage, but in this series, it hasn't mattered. Like, wh why do you think that's, that's happened in this series? Wow, I wish I could answer that one. That's, that's, that's a million dollar question. Obviously, we wanted to win some games at home, but it didn't happen, and they play unbelievable on the road. I mean, you look at their record, uh, but it's a very, uh, very, uh, I think, balanced, uh, clubs here that uh, do a lot of things well. They pitch well. They have a good offense, and, and we've been pitching well, and we have a good offense too. So, uh, but I, I can't explain that. I wish I could, or we do, or we would have done a better job at home. Uh, Kevin Barker, that is the. Uh, those are the dulcet tones of the uh, great Bruce Bochy, whose team is going to uh, Game Seven tonight. Remember last week when I think you and I started the show by wondering how Major League Baseball would schedule things if both of those series were done in a hurry. We were talking about, ah, how are these teams going to handle having a week off and, you know, eight days off? What would they do? How would they keep their pitchers fresh? Well, no worry about that. Uh, the ALCS is heading to a seventh game tonight on Sportsnet. The NLCS going to a sixth game this afternoon in Philadelphia. The Phillies win. They go on to the World Series against whoever wins Game 7 of the ALCS. We've got a lot to talk about. We'll get to it right away. But I want to throw this out there, Kevin. Because one of the things we agree on, I think, is that Major League Baseball has done a good job this year with its postseason, the, the, the games that we've talked about, how we think the game's in a good place other than base running and umpiring, which is another story. But I want to throw this out. I find this interesting. To those of you who think that it really doesn't matter what you do in March or April, think about this. If the Phillies and Astros meet in the World Series, which is possible, the Phillies would have home field advantage because they won a three-game series 2-1 to one in April, in late April. If the Rangers win and go on to face the Phillies, the Rangers would get home field advantage because they swept the Phillies in a three-game series March 30th to April 2nd. So, yes. Every series, especially those early interleague series, if you're a good team, Kevin, they can matter. Yeah, absolutely. I just wonder if if going to Philadelphia is different than going to Houston or going to Texas, right, or to the Rangers. That That's the thing, right, because both of the American League teams have been good on the road, but going to Philly is totally different, right? So, you know, I wonder. That's, that's uh, you know, a, a nice little thing that you threw out there about, you know, things do matter, 
no matter when you play a certain team, I just wonder, right? It's it's there's there's so many things going on in both of these series that you know can the Diamondbacks get through it? They've hit three homers, Jeff, in in the five games. That's <laughs> I it. Yes, like yeah. that, that's all. And they and they do have a chance if they get a decent start. And you know, if if the wrong guy comes out of the bullpen for the Phillies and you know, can't throw strikes and late in the game may give it up to give a, the Diamondbacks a chance. You know, the the Astros, Brian Abreu, what's going to happen with that, right? It'd be a shame if Major League Baseball gets in the way. That that for me is something, at least for me, you don't want to see is get out of the way, right? It was handled on the field. All the umpires threw out the people they need to throw out. It's over now, right? It's yep. Whenever dudes are hitting homers, especially that look like Adolis Garcia, what do you do? You got to throw them in. And what's everybody yelling and screaming about? Make them uncomfortable. Don't let them get their arms extended. And then, you know, you try and go in there, you miss. Again, I think I, I, you need to remind everybody that everything's happening because of what the scoreboard's telling you. Why would you, you know, try and hit a guy if the scoreboard's not telling you it's the right time to do that? So I hope Major League Baseball gets out of the way, right? It's, it's two really good teams. Both have had really good series. You would hate... That Dusty Baker all of a sudden can't go to one of his bigger weapons late in the game because Major League Baseball gets in the way. I hope we don't yeah. see that. No, uh, listen, that that whole uh, – I mean, that, that, that whole dugout clearing incident. Here's the thing. If Adolis Garcia doesn't pimp that home run, if he throws his bat down and goes around the bases and then he gets hit, nobody's saying anything because – you know, you talked about throwing inside. It was specifically because of the way he went around the bases that the umpire's antenna was up. And the team that's getting penalized for that is is Houston. I, I, I'm i with you. Um, I have no problem with the way the umpire's in the field. I, I mean, I guess if you're going to do that, you're going to do it. I don't – honestly, I don't think he was throwing at him. I just – I, I – I mean, man, and that's if the Astros did throw at him, then then Dusty's got a he's got a set of big ones. Like if you're that confident <laughs> that you can you're going to take you're going to try to exact revenge in that game, and it possibly cost yourselves the use of the best reliever you have. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, well then I, I I give it I give it up to you, and I just don't think I don't think Dusty's that stupid. I don't think Brian Abreu is that stupid. All of that being said, if the umpires felt that, yeah. if they honestly felt that and that was the decision they made, okay, fine, everybody. Give everybody a $500 or $1,000 fine and move on if that's what, you, if that's what you're going to do. But, man, to, to possibly, and we'll know before the game tonight because Brian Abreu has appealed, we'll know before the game tonight whether or not he's available. Even if he isn't available for the first game or two games of the World Series, that's still a huge, that's still a huge thing. I, I just yeah. don't. Major League Baseball's done so much so well this year. We've just talked about it. This is working out well for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got to get out of the way here. And, and the thing is, unfortunately, I don't know how they do it because – you're not going to drop the suspension completely. You're nope. just not, because that's, that's a precedent. You're going to have the suspension, maybe. That's still one game. That's tonight. I, I'm with you. I, I, uh, I, I don't like it. I'm, I'm disappointed that it, frankly, I'm disappointed that it's something we're even talking about. Yeah, I me really too. am. 
Yeah, me too. And there's so many different storylines, right? It's Max Scherzer. It's Christian Javier, who which you're in love with. It's Merrill Kelly. Can he work through that lineup and at least give the Diamondbacks a chance? Can Nola continue to be, you know, one of the better, if not, you know, the second best pitcher in the playoffs this season? Like, there's so many different storylines. And we just hate to <clears throat> sort of water it down by... Again, you want to see the best against the best. And Brian Abreu is one of the best that the Astros have to offer, and you would like to be able to see that taking place late in the game against the other team's better hitters. So, you know, fingers crossed it doesn't work out that way, but, boy, it sure looks like it's headed in that direction. And it's too bad I'm with you. It's just it is amazing that a lineup with as much experience as the Astros seem to have such a big deal scoring runs at home. Like, it just, it just is amazing. And, and Kyle Tucker's got, in 35 at-bats, got one RBI, Jeff. One Can RBI. It's crazy. Now, I know they're a better lineup than the Blue Jays lineup. Yeah. But tell me that at some point you're not scratching your head thinking, what the hell is it about teams and not being able to score at home? Yeah, you know, I, I look at the Astros, and, and, I mean, how many times have we seen innings like that out of the Blue Jays this year at home? And, again, I understand their 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 lineup's not anywhere near as good as the Astros. I don't think their lineup's on the same planet. As a matter of fact, um, I asked that question on social media. We're going to go to the back leg line later at 416-413-3959. I want to know from you, our listeners. Of course, you can reach out to the back leg line anytime with questions about the Jays or Major League Baseball. But I want to, I want to hear from you now. And, and when you watch these lineups, how, how close, or I guess the more accurate question is, how far away are the Blue Jays, do you think, from being able to contend? Uh, for World Series when you look at these lineups. And having said that, Kevin, we get to the Astros. And, yeah, I, I have no idea. Like I look at the dimensions of that ballpark. I look at the Crawford boxes. I don't know how Alex Bregman isn't hitting a home run every single at-bat. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. <clears throat> uh, it's... It, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's my, it, to me, it's just my, it's mind-boggling. That's the only I, phrase I, I can think of. I think it's a little bit like the Phillies, right? Everybody's talked everybody into how tough it is going to Philadelphia and playing a baseball Maybe. game. You sort of Maybe. buy into that. It's sort of the same thing with the Astros, right? They went through the the batter's eye thing most of the season until they, they changed it towards the end of the season. It's been a conversation. It's a topic of conversation between me and you. You know, it's a topic every time they ask Dusty and one of the hitters. I think they asked Brantley the other day, and he he was like, you know, hadn't wanted nothing to to do with it like it's yeah. it's like the plague how dare you even ask me the question so yeah i think it's between their ears now that i really do so, think that's absolutely like you can talk yourself yeah. into certain things and the lineup for me anyway one through nine now nine, it's not every guy you know a lot of guys go there you know and have good at bats and stay in the big part of the field and you know can get cheap homers and get backspin if you're a righty to right field like that's just shorter porch you can get away with some mechanical flaws same with that little left field porch but I just think it's mental. I think that they they have bought into they just ain't real good there in 2023. And how dare you tell them any otherwise? And I'll tell you what. If you're an Astros I, fan, I I think fingers crossed. Hopefully yeah. they figure it out tonight, though. I'll tell you what, though. I really do think, and I know you don't agree with me, but you know, I went back and did some reading about this and, and poked around. I think there is a thing about all that postseason baseball eventually catching up to dudes. I really do. 
all those extra at-bats. I mean, you basically, if you're Jose Altuve, you've played almost an extra season in your career. And I think there's a reason you look at guys like Jordan Alvarez, Maurizio Dubon. Those guys are hitting. Jose Altuve's a freak. But a lot of, but some of the other guys who've been there forever, Alex Bregman, I, I, I just think you get to a point where um, you, you've, just, you've played a lot of baseball. And I, I will always believe it's a thing. The, the Yankees used to talk about that. Jorge Posada used to mm. talk about that. You know, four or five years where you're playing, four or five years in a row where you're playing what? 30 extra games compared to everybody else? 25 yeah. extra games compared? That, that adds up. That really, yeah. and then you go to the World Baseball Classic. That adds up. Yeah, I, look, I can only I, I I can only talk about that one with me going to winter ball, and I, my my body just formed a habit that this is what we do. This is what I was going to do. I was going to play lots of baseball all year, every year. Yeah. And when you get used to that mentally and physically, it's not an excuse anymore. You sort of eliminate that. You don't even think about it anymore and your body just gets used to it. So uh, maybe I guess you could, you know, sort of the Kyle Tucker thing, you know, he's hitting one forty. doesn't explain how to me though, does it? No, it doesn't, it doesn't explain how to me. He's still raising. Alvarez is raking. I mean, Bre- Bregman is hitting some homers. I mean, he's he's had some RBIs, just not hitting for a high average. It's really one guy. It's Kyle Tucker, right? Yeah. How do you figure that out? How can he have a breakout game? That that would help a lot if, you know, because there is a little separation when it comes to homers. I mean, if you're the Astros, how do you keep the Rangers in the yard? I, that That's the thing, right, is is – you know, I think they've done a decent job of, of controlling the walks. When they do walk, guys, it's it's not killing them so bad. It's just the homers. Like, how do you, you know, sort of, especially in the middle of the order, is how do you make quality pitches? How do you be better with secondary pitches? How do you, you know, locate fastballs in fastball counts? Like, you're going to have to throw some of those to good fastball hitters. How do you do that? So, and then there's the Max Scherzer thing. I I just I don't know what to expect that. from him. I have no okay, idea. I, like, I, I don't think the Rangers do either. All right. I was going to ask you that. Um, how many outs? We used to, we had this, this, this thing all year, right, where we had the, these, <clears throat> the, these picks. I'm going to ask you this right now. We're going to do our own, little, our own little odds thing here. How many outs do you think Max Scherzer gets today? Oh, I'm let, me, still, let me rephrase that. Less than 10 or more than 10? I'm going to steal a line from Dusty Baker. I, I'm going to say he has – I'm going to go pitch count. I'm going to go – it's a performance count. Okay. When he's performing, he'll get more pitches. If he's not, he'll go to the pen. Like it's game seven. It's do or die, obviously. I mean, it's Captain Obvious here. I mean, okay. Even if he is a, a, a Hall of Famer, like we all know his woes. We all know what he's been through. The injuries. Fourth inning rolls around. Is he still going to be in the game? Uh, that's you got to figure that second time through the order. Yep, nine outs, ten outs. Okay, let, let, let me let me ask you: Will he get Alvarez twice? That's no. the question. Then there would he answer. or could he? Would he? Will he? Uh, will he get him? Unless the, they're winning by four, five, six runs. Obvious. That's obvious. Yeah, but if he's not, uh, and it's say a one-run <laughs> game or a tie game, he getting Alvarez twice. No, not for me. Then there's your answer. Not for me. Not for me. He's he, he's not. Yeah. Uh, Christian Javier, who's starting for the Astros, I mean, he'll go as, you know, you manage well, him like that, you would that, manage any other game. That's 
that's a lot about on Brian Abreu, right? If you got Brian that Abreu, is. and maybe because Dusty's talking about yesterday at least using him two innings because they didn't know if they were going to have him today or tonight. Yeah. So, you know, you got to figure if you don't have him, then you may have to push your starter a little bit longer. Like it's, and then you Dusty's going to get involved. And we all know the dust, the lows that Dusty's had in the play. I like there's, there's some storylines you know here. A, you know who could end up playing a role today is Hunter Brown. Yeah. I mean, he was really Hunter good. Hunter Brown in three could end up playing pitched, a role today. Throwing harder the other day. He had quality stuff. Yeah. Like he was attacking, right? He wasn't nibbling. Let I mean, me ask. That's sort you. of been the thing on Hunter all year is he's nibbling too Presley, much. Presley's going to close. We know that. Yep. If you had to, if you're, what's your confidence level if you're Dusty? If you need a reliever to give you, and it, you're right, it's entirely possible Christian Javier could go seven, and then we're, you know, we're 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 talking about something else. But yep. if you need a reliever to give you one in the third or a couple innings, your confidence level. While well, you saw Montero yesterday, that's and and as you mentioned, Abreu. Uh, to me, Hunter Brown's a guy. I. I dial him up for an inning at least, and yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Stanek's to. gonna. I'm sure Stanek will get a righty in the middle of the order or a couple. You know, even if he had his little bad thing he had uh, yesterday, Hunter Brown, I'm sure will get some. You know, some batters or maybe an inning. A Bra- the Brayu thing is huge for the Astros. Like it's giant, yeah. right? I mean, it sort of solidifies the eighth and the ninth inning, and even maybe you could throw the seventh inning in there, right? You could use two dudes for three innings if he's not in there. How does Dusty figure that out? And especially when they're not scoring any runs at home, like this yeah, is giant I... for the Astros. And man, if you're thinking about this and you're Major League Baseball, right? It's how do you do this? Like, can I think you've me, already me... done it, but. I think you have too. I, I yeah. again, unless you completely overturn, there's just there's precedent here, right? If you over, if you say, you know what, we're not suspending you for any games, then every suspension from from this point on in baseball, guys are going to. I mean, if you're suspended in March, you go. Wait a minute, how come you're treating me different than than Brian Abreu? I I I'm with you. I don't think you can put the genie back in the bottle. I think he's not going to be available for tonight, and I think Dusty. I, I I think you're right. I think Dusty approached yesterday's game with with, with the full expectation he wasn't going to have Brian Abreu. Uh, I, I think that's that's entirely right. Hey, quick question for you because I want to move on to the Phillies Diamondback series. We'll be joined by Brian Anderson, by the way, at eleven thirty, uh, who will have the call of that game today. Um, John Singleton pinch hitting for Jeremy Pena. Now I understand Jeremy Pena's a difficulty the series mm-hmm. with some members of the Rangers bullpen. But Kevin, this is a dude who was the LCS and World Series MVP last year. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who is he and Alvarez are gonna be the core of your team moving forward. Probably Tucker as well. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised by that call? I I I I I didn't frankly I didn't like it. And I was a little surprised that Dusty would do that because Dusty's a, I go with my guys guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was a little surprised he sent Singleton up there. Weren't you? No, not really. I mean, if he takes the fastball, it worked like that. That's, I mean, he swung at a ball like that. Again, this gets back to what gives you a better chance because of the woes that you're having at home to either change it with one swing. Who gives you a better chance of doing that? Pena's had some really non-competitive bats. Like yeah, he's looks, correct. he looks right. like the right-handed Tucker. 
Like, and when you got a couple of dudes at the bottom of your order that sort of look the same, sometimes you got to go outside the box. And again, Dusty has a really good feel of his team and especially of his young players. Like he's always, he did it to me. He used to call me in the office and ask me how I was feeling. And I was like, I really appreciate it, but why would you care how I feel? Like it was true. And if yeah. he if he was doing that to me, you know he's doing it to Peñas and Tuckers and Singletons, and I think that just he got a better Singleton's feel. He's not thought. a young guy though. Singleton's he's not, nutty. I, I has, he hasn't played though. That's the thing, yeah. right? You gotta right. you gotta prepare right. your dudes for. I may need you here because this dude ain't getting it done. And if he's facing this guy, be ready. You know, go down there and crank up the machine and get ready to hit some velocity. So. Yeah, not for me. Like knowing the way I know Dusty and the conversations that he had with the couple of players that he might do that with makes total sense. And it just didn't work out again. It gets back to that. You take the elevated fastball, it worked. I mean, his base is loaded. So. Uh, 8.03 tonight will be ALCS Game 7 on Sportsnet. 5.07 will be Game 6 of the NLCS. The Phillies look, looking to punch their ticket to the World Series. Uh, going into the series, all we talked about, Kevin, one of the things we talked about was how the Diamondbacks were so aggressive on the base paths and how it was going to be a real test for JT Real Muto and the Phillies pitchers. I, I mean, Kevin, from what I've seen so far, it's the it's the Phillies who 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 kind of pushed the envelope in the base paths. I love that. I love that play in Game Five. I love that play in Game Five with Harper, where Harper ended up scoring on the, on the play of the plate, uh, ran over Gabrielle Moreno in the process. But I love that play where Bryson Stott draws that throw. What did you think of that play when you saw it developing? And every, and both all the Phillies players, that makes sense, Rob Thompson put that play on. Like, they they knew that was a possibility going into the game. Um, I just thought it was such a, it was such a smart play. You put yeah. pressure on the Diamondbacks mm-hmm. early. How did sure. you, I, what did you think about it? Yeah, look, I, I I think it's because of the way they were not scoring runs on the road. I think it's about what they do have at the back end of the bullpen. You know, the Craig Kimbrell thing, we've had the conversation. It's a thing now. Like, it's sure – it and you, sure you early on have to, as a manager, try and figure out ways to hide it, to massage it. I mean, you still have to use him. He's one of the reasons why they're here. Like, you can't eliminate him, but you can try and make sure that maybe you're – room for error is a little expanded because you're doing things that go outside the box. Look, you don't want to make that a habit. Again, I get back to that Diamondbacks got three homers. You know, that that's sort of what, again, you got 27 outs. You got to but make sure that, because... Wouldn't because that make of your you want to be more aggressive on the base pass? I guess you got to get on. I, I don't I, know. I'm st- I'm just surprised. I, that first game, first inning, like I and, I and we'll talk to B.A. about this. Corbin Carroll gets on. And I'm thinking the same thing there. Like, let's go. Try to steal second. This is this is all we were told is the Diamondbacks push the envelope. They love to run in the bases. And, man, I, I, I just – sometimes it makes you scratch your head. You know, if, if, yeah. if this is what you guys did all year, then why go away from it? 
Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with who's catching, with who's on the mound, maybe the adjustments sure. that the Phillies pitchers have made controlling the running game. I do think, you know, the Diamondbacks maybe have seen big picture here and thinking, okay, don't run ourselves out of the game early. Let's stay in it. Maybe give the, the bullpen for the Phillies a chance to screw this up. Like you've seen a couple of guys <laughs> in that pen that come running out yeah. of that thing that haven't been real good. So it's, you know, you control it early. You don't eliminate yourself early and give yourself a chance to just maybe get the big hit and have the guy or the right guy come up at the right time so yeah I think you got to adjust uh, on the fly and that's sort of the Diamondbacks know they can't out pop they can't they can't hang with the Phillies that way but they can let the Phillies get in their own way and maybe that's what you're seeing a little bit of that is right is maybe you get a couple of hits you can do things like that so it's interesting gonna be interesting to watch today Brian Anderson will have the call of the game tonight on Turner Sports. Game six of the NLCS between the Phillies and D-backs, or I guess more accurately this afternoon on Sportsnet. Brian Anderson joins us in a few minutes. And we're going to take a look back at, I was going to say, a special day in Blue Jays history. Maybe the specialist. (laughs) I don't even know if that's a word. Maybe the most special day in Blue Jays history. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's The Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Joe has had his moments. Trying to lay off that ball low to the outside part of the plate, and he just went after one. Two balls and two strikes on it. Here's the pitch on the way. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. As Joe Carter hits a three-rub home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. Wow. 30 years ago today, game six, the 1993 World Series, Joe Carter walking off the Philadelphia Phillies and Mitch Williams. You want to talk about Phillies closers who've had difficulty in the postseason. Mitch Williams would be right up there. Kevin, the 30th anniversary of uh, the Blue Jays' win. In 93. Now, I've told the story often. I didn't see that home run live. Uh, I wasn't covering the 93 World Series. My friend Michael Farber, the columnist at the Montreal Gazette, was covering it. I was at a Madonna concert at Olympic hey. Stadium. when. At, yes, I was. I was at a Madonna. And it was a very good concert, by the way. A Madonna concert at Olympic Stadium. And walking home from that concert... Decided we're going to stop off at a bar. And uh, that's where I saw the replay of Joe Carter's home run. And I can't remember the reaction. Now, it was Montreal. I can't remember the reaction in the bar if people were upset or angry. or Mm -hmm. I don't think they really. I think it was kind of mute. But uh, clearly, uh, one of the biggest swings in Blue Jays history. Not the biggest swing? I still think Robbie Alomar homering off Dennis Eckersley. Ooh. 
if you talk to guys, obviously, look, obviously Joe Carter's home run won the World Series, and that's great. But if you talk to folks about that generation or that whatever you want to call it, that uh, that era of Blue Jays baseball, Dennis Eckersley was one of the he was kind of like the immovable object for the Blue Jays. And, of course, Dennis Eckersley also, well, let's, let's face it, um, he'd be a, bit of a, be a bit of a jerk when, uh, when, he, was, when he was facing you. Mm-hmm. If you talk to people around that team, they will tell you, people like Pat Gillick, they will tell you that Robbie Alomar's home run mm. off of Dennis Eckersley just changed the, changed the tone of everything for the Blue Jays. Um, that was in 1992. The Jays went on to win their first World Series, beating the Atlanta Braves. So, um, but yeah, I, listen, I'm not going to sit here and take anything away. Joe Carter won the World Series for the Blue Jays, but I think it's safe to say that kind of maybe the three biggest swings for a lot of Jays fans are Alomar, Carter, and the bat flip. Yeah, yeah, that would be. You know, I, I, I hate it's awfully it's just awfully hard to put home runs in context just because the different eras, different meanings. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think, you know, Joe Carter, that that call, touch them all, Joe. That's part of Canadian sports history. I had a um, yesterday, uh, Sweeney Murdy, who used to be in WFAN covering the Yankees, now works for Major League Baseball. They were putting together a. Uh, they're putting together kind of a video tribute to Joe Carter and to the whole thing. And he said, "Did is there a name for that home run? Right? A lot of other home runs have names like the shot heard around the world and all this. And I said, I don't think there's ever, there's not really a name for that home run. But if you go up to most Canadian sports fans, I would say over the age of 30 and said, touch them all. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first, they, depending, they might slap you in the face. But I mean, if they were sports fans and you said... Touch them all. They would, uh, they would remember. They would think of Joe Carter and Tom Cheek's great call. Yeah, I could just remember when I was a kid growing up, and and you know you go in your backyard or in a big giant field, and, and that was sort of the call, right? Is is you know the, it's a two strikes, and you're throwing the rock in the air, and you're trying to walk off the the World Series game to win the World Series for your team, and then I actually got a a, a chance to to you know the first time I ever met Joe, and and I had a conversation, and Joe Joe gets so excited about that, he can't, yes, you well know he can't he yes, can't even he talk does. about it, like he just uh, you know it's just he wants to hug every every time he starts talking about it he wants to start hugging people and it's just you can see what it means to him and what it means to the country of canada and, and what it means quite frankly to people like me that actually can go up and ask him what were you thinking how were you feeling how did you run around the bases i couldn't do it when i was six i can't believe you could do it when you were your age which is kind of cool to listen to his answer uh, so again, the 30th anniversary today of Tom Cheek's call. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life as the Blue Jays walked off the Philadelphia Phillies. I wonder if we'll have any drama tonight involving the Phillies. Game six of the NLCS goes tonight between the Phillies and D-backs. Uh, and uh, first pitch is around 5 o'clock Eastern. 
There'll be Merrill Kelly against Aaron Nola. Brian Anderson will have the call of the game in Turner Sports. He joins us on Blair and Barker. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we trust you're doing well. We trust the travel's been good. We've certainly been enjoying your work uh, during the series. Before we get to tonight's game, I just want to, I wanted to ask you this. As a play-by-play announcer, first of all, how much of what you do when it comes to a potentially game-changing big call mm-hmm. is off the cuff? And secondly, as a play-by-play announcer, is there someone's call that resonates particularly with you? It doesn't have to be baseball. Is there someone's big moment call that resonates with you? Those are good questions. Uh, yes, all is well. Travel's been great going back and forth between these two fan bases. And, you know, those are uh, the kind of the moments we live for. As players, as announcers, as fans, we, we always hope we get those kind of moments. Um, Tom Cheeks is right up there with it, with my, you know, my Rolodex, my mental Rolodex of great all-time calls. And um, it's, it's great that we can celebrate the 30th anniversary today. Not a great memory for Phillies fans, but they'll get over it. But um, sure it is a cool, a cool moment. Um, yeah, I think I, I don't. I don't really script anything out. I mean, I, there was a generation that did that and still does that on some level, but you know, I just try to call it like I see it, and then you know, trust my vocabulary. When I when I first started in the business in the '90s, I used to uh, when I was calling Kevin Barker's games for the nice. El Paso Diablos, <laughs> I would. Um, I'm trying to figure out what part of Ontario Kevin's from. Anyway, I don't recognize the guy. That, He's from the from mountainous Ontario. part. I am. Yeah, my 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 wife's Canadian, and she she doesn't recognize the dialect either. She says that uh, he sounds like everybody in your family. Like, that's a good point. Very good point. Um, so yeah, I think when I was first starting out and doing minor league baseball, you know, I, I tried to maybe mimic some of the, the my heroes and. <clears throat> write some things out or at least think about them in my mind. And it never went well. So I did that pretty quickly and just kind of call what you see. And, you know, I think you do, you know, you think about every scenario. I, I talk about this not to get in too deep in the weeds, but for those who are into broadcasting, you know, I, I have this mental 10 scale that I'll go to and I won't ever, you know, I'll kind of assign each moment one number on that scale like if it's i'm gonna be just screaming my head off and it's as loud as i can go that's a 10 and those are reserved for only the greatest moments so i'm just really quickly going through like this if something happens here this is a seven or this is an eight but that's about as far as i go just to make sure i have some parameters for myself on what this actually means and um you know whatever these moments are you just try to see it, call it, trust your vocabulary, and hopefully the words come out right. Yeah, it's it, it, absolutely. It's it's wonderful when I when I hear you talk because it brings back old memories. But uh, t- <laughs> tonight's game, what 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 do you think seriously has to happen for the Diamondbacks? Obviously, the obvious things: Merrill Kelly has to at least get through the first time through. Maybe the Diamondbacks score first. I mean, that would help a little bit. But the Phillies are six and zero in that park, right? It just seems like. You know, to say that they're Goliath, and then there's everybody else, I think may be an understatement. It, what, are the, what do the Diamondbacks in your mind have to do, you think, at least early on, to give themselves a chance? 
Well, home field advantage in baseball has never really been that big of a deal until now, until the last couple of years at Citizens Bank Park, because it it's just this wall of sound that never ends. It, I mean, it's not just on the big moments, but they don't stop. I mean, when we send you away for commercial, it's it's like a club in there. It, it It's more like an NBA arena, I suppose, but the fans, even in a 10 nothing game the other day, were still standing in the ninth inning. So that said, the Diamondbacks really have to do whatever they can to create some stress for the Phillies and quiet down the crowd. I think scoring early matters. That That's a pretty standard way to do it on the road, but I think it really matters in Philadelphia. I think the Diamondbacks have got to start forcing the issue a little bit. They need to run the bases. They need to steal bases. They need to go first and third. They've been very passive and probably a little timid, you know, with a, a lot of young players, their speed players on the base pads. Um, so if, if Corbin Carroll gets on, he's got to find a way to, to run. Even if he's thrown out, the crowd's, the crowd's going to be up anyway. Um, so I don't think, you know, Aaron Nola has, has changed up his game a little bit. He's, he found out with technology that his stuff, even though mentally he felt his stuff was less than when he did a slide step, but the numbers didn't show that. So I think that's given him some confidence. You know, it's one way we could use technology. And so he, he is definitely going to employ some of those tactics to try to uh, control the running game, but Arizona has got to take this crowd out of it. They've got to, they've got to score. They've got to have threats often. Um, and then they've got to keep the big boys off the board. I mean, it's such a home run hitters paradise here. Um, that's a lot to ask. I know that, but um, it can get going quick for a relatively young team. They have a few veteran players that skew the the average age, but most of their players are competing in the postseason for the first time, young players. So that's really the game plan for them. Um, you know, obviously the pitching has to be great, but I wouldn't expect Merrill Kelly to face the third time through the batting order like he did in game two. Um, that That would be my guess. They are fully loaded in their bullpen. So, yeah. That's what they're going to have to do tonight is try to quiet down this crowd somehow. Yeah, it seems like a tall order. Christian Walker seems like the one guy, right? You, you look in the other series and there's obvious guys, but Christian Walker for me, you know, he's sort of like the Kyle Tucker of the Diamondbacks and, and obviously for the Astros. It, is He sort of needs to, I don't want to say carry the load, but be nice to have a three-run homer. Like, the, you know, I think they've only hit three homers. That's a, right, when you're not hitting homers against the Phillies, especially in that park, that's how I, th- I think you would quieten that crowd a little is bloop single and maybe a bomb and have a couple of those, take mm-hmm. a little pressure off just everybody. Is Are you seeing or talking to anybody that would tell you that maybe Christian Walker might turn the corner and have some better at bats and no I would think when he's going good it's thinking right center right creating some backspin and maybe catch a breaking ball out front one of those Aaron Nola like you mentioned just look like Aaron Nola with the breaking ball especially glove side's been really really good and you know if you could get a hanger anybody you're you're talking to that would tell you that Walker may be turning the corner yeah I don't know if he's turning the corner but it is a, a major piece to that puzzle and even even my partners my two analysts Jeff Francourt and Ron Darling are are you know have dialed into Walker and Carroll those are the guys that have to have to deliver I mean Cattell Marte is pretty much the only guy that that's had a steady uh, beat in this postseason and he's been great 
uh, obviously had a walk off and you know they've hit the three home runs and Alec Thomas has two and Perdomo has the other these aren't guys you're expecting to hit home runs so yeah you're right I don't know if it has to be a home run I mean it figures it figures that um that Walker would take advantage of this ballpark just like the the Philly sluggers would um and he did you know he had a, an extra base hit the other day and hopefully that's a good sign for him to come out of it but I think he knows he's got to be the man and he's got to be the one he's had a lot of base runners you know Walker's had a ton of at-bats with runners on base and for the most part the Phillies have controlled him um so I think that is a huge piece tonight Walker it's just to just to release the air out of the balloon a little bit if if that guy's going to be homering and driving in runs I think everybody else will follow suit you know the old phrase that Hitting is contagious. Well, so is a lack of hitting. And I think that's kind of where the Diamondbacks are right now. And credit the Phillies pitching staff. I mean, you know, they've got a, they've got a, a great bullpen, great pitching staff. Um, I think their starters, you know, he and Nola, Nola, as far as Nola and Wheeler have gone six and oh in the seven starts and Nola hasn't lost at home. He's three and oh, so tough task, but somebody's got to break the seal somewhere for the Diamondbacks if they've got a chance to force a game seven. Yep. Last question before you let you run. Um, Craig Kimbrell, what, are the, what do you think the Phillies' level of concern with Craig Kimbrell is? And, and I guess, given the makeup of that bullpen, it, you know, they do have some depth. If, 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 I, I, just, I don't know if Rob Thompson is the type of guy who is going to quote-unquote stay away from a guy. I, I don't know if he's wired that way. Well, Rob Thompson is like every other manager who tries to be polite when talking about a, a legend like Craig Kimbrell when he was asked, what is Craig Kimbrell's role? Rob Thompson said, we'll have to look at it. And mm-hmm. as Kevin knows and anybody knows, like when you hear that, that's pretty much there's no trust in the guy because when he says we'll have to look at it, um, I, I can see Kimbrell pitching in the series, but I do not think Kimbrell will get leverage innings anymore not not in the championship series they could start them up again in the world series if they make it but i i just don't see it i mean they've got too many arms they've just had a day off they were able to stretch their lead in game five so they really they got they had a chance to sit alvarado down so he's really good to go for for game six and seven for sure you got soto has been a closer um strom's been great he's been you know only had only had to get one out, so they don't really need Kimbrel tonight. He could come into into play tomorrow. I could see Kimbrel pitching in a game where maybe the Phillies were down a few runs later innings. I could see that, but I don't think he'll be used in any leverage any leverage spots um, at this point. Not in this series. Maybe in the World Series to try to give him a little breather. But I just don't. I don't see it. Anytime you hear a manager say, "Well, we'll look at it." That's like that's the the flags are up for sure. That's true. That's essentially a very nice way of saying no chance in hell. Brian, uh, I mean, essentially, even for and Rob Thompson being a nice Canadian boy, you know, he's not going to come out and be too dramatic. He's going to he's going to want to want to sort of. I've been so impressed with Rob, by the way. Just I I think I, I just think he is the perfect temperament. Speaking of what he is and proud Canadian, we have. Canada talks every day and, you know, the first to do it. And now let's see if he can be the first yeah. to win a world series. I mean, he's, he's really, he's a special guy that it took too long to get a chance to manage. 
And I think teams are finding out that, that these guys, these, these great baseball guys who have experience, they're so much better and, and they're so important in these big games like this, just for the demeanor of his team as well. Love the guy. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Brian, thanks for doing this, man. Travel yeah. safely again. Really enjoying uh, your work. Say hi to uh, say hi to, to, to Jeff and Ron for us. Uh, they've been on the show before. As always, we appreciate your input. Thanks, yeah, man. Be honor. well. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, great great to be with you guys. Tell your mother name hello, Cap. <laughs> <laughs> Take I'll do it. <laughs> See ya. That's Brian Anderson. He knows you too well, man. He does. Absolutely. He's a good man. I've known him forever. That that for a crew, long time. I I mean I'll, I'll I mentioned this game one of that Diamondbacks Philly series. Game one, Corbin Carroll gets on base, and it was either Jeff Frank. I think it was Jeff Francoeur who basically said, "If they don't force the issue here, if they don't try to steal here, they're telling us something." They did. Do we know what they're telling us? That they they may not, I I think you touched on it a little bit. I think they're one the moment, but two maybe the understanding that we got to put together some big innings here. Don't run into outs on the bases. But man, I again I don't know. You know if I'm playing the Phillies, the Phillies got me believing in momentum, and I think yeah. momentum is bad sports writer logic. Mm-hmm. Momentum may exist in a sport like uh, hockey or basketball where there's a lot of flow and there isn't necessarily a stoppage all the time. But, man, when you literally reset every play, which is what you do in baseball and what you do in football to a lesser degree, I don't believe it's a sport of momentum. Momentum is if, if if I've got Zach Wheeler going tomorrow and you've won two games in a row, you're not winning the third game in a row. So screw your momentum. But, man, watching the Phillies... Watching that game in Arizona, the way they used that 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 steal, uh, the play at the plate, and then just seeing what happens when teams go into Philadelphia, I do believe in momentum. And if I was, I'm telling you, if I was the Diamondbacks, I'm I was running every chance I could get in that situation. I'm going to force the issue, Maybe. but uh, you know, anyhow, hey, what do I know? Tori Lavello is. Uh, managing his team in the NLCS. And um, I'll ask you this, and we're going to go to the back leg line, 416-413-3959, very quickly. Diamondbacks good enough to come back next year? Get this far next year? No. I'm with you. Dodgers won't let that happen again. I'm with you. I'm with you. Jeff in Mississauga, you called the back leg line. Let's get to Jeffrey. Hey, guys. Uh, it's Jeff here from Mississauga. I enjoy listening to your program on a regular basis, usually via podcast. Keep up the great work, and uh, I'm going to miss the uh, amount of content that you put out over the off offseason. Uh, with regard to the Blue Jays, um, I know that they obviously have to address the hitting. Uh, do you see them making um, wholesale changes to the hitting approach? And if so, how can they do that? Is it just by bringing in different players? Is it by coaching, different coaches? Um, you know, it was disappointing um, to see how the, the uh, hitting approach was not adjusted this year, and they ended up really just not hitting at all uh, as a team collectively and individually. And so 
if we want to get beyond that, um, it's probably a combination of different approaches and different players. And if that's the case, how do they go about doing that uh, in the best way? Thank you. Take care, guys. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. And by the way, if you're listening to us via podcast, please uh, rate and review. Uh, that you know, It's funny, Kevin. I've been thinking about this. Look, I think they're going to change the hitting coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Hunter Mensel probably will probably stay. It seems like everybody in the organization seems to – Hell, it seems to me as if some of the players, from what I've heard, started going to him more than they went to than they went to Guillermo or uh, uh, or Dave Hudgens. And he's an organizational guy. I can see him. Uh, I can see him staying. I think they need to, if not necessarily change their approach, overhaul it. And Kevin, I don't know about you, but I've thought about this a lot. I think there's an opportunity here for this team. Because they need more, they need a couple of hitters. They need two or three hitters. And if you bring the right guys in, you're almost automatically changing the philosophy, aren't you? You think about that's a 30 year lineup. If I bring different guys in, that automatically has to change the philosophy of my lineup. So I think maybe there's an opportunity here for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I think they got to fix Vladdy. How, how 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 do you do that? Like you sit fifteen khakis down in a room, you figure it out. Like I mean, obviously they're going to have their say so and how they're trying to spin it and what the message they're trying to get across. I mean, have a conversation with Vladdy. If Vladdy needs a Dante Bichette, I'm not saying that's who it is, but if that's what he that's needs, who it is, Kevin. I'll say it. That's who it is. If that's what he needs, then go out and get it. Yeah. How about that? Start there. Fix him. Everything else will take care of itself. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I think you got to add a couple of veteran hitters in there. Well, add, add, obviously, they need a cleanup hitter. But you got to add guys that are going to go to the coaches and go, yeah, you know what you're talking about? I'm going to do this instead. I think you need that. Uh, that's it for us. We'll be back tomorrow from 11 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590. The Fan, enjoy the baseball. We'll chat manana.